Hey, well, welcome. You guys like that last song? You know, uh, uh, my name is Tyson. I don't think I introduced myself. You're new or visiting. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and I have the honor and privilege of bringing forth God's word this morning. And so Mark, who's, who led most of the songs, normally I'm the guy singing a lot, and everyone's kind of going, that's enough, Tyson. Uh, but he, he helped out, and he picked that song, and, and he'd asked me what I was going to speak about, and I kind of shared with him, and and he just he hit it right. It was like perfect. Um, it was like the perfect song. And I caught myself getting it. It'll get stuck in your head, which is a good thing, I think. Some songs aren't, right? Even worship songs are like, man, I'm done singing this song. It's stuck. But this is a good one. Um, we're in a series called 52. And it's the 52 essential scriptures. And we've talked about that now. Granted, we say that, but we believe every, every scripture in the, in the Bible is, is good, right? It's profitable for correction and, and growing in righteousness and holiness. Um, but we're going to look at a passage this morning in, out of Joshua. I know last week our lead elder, uh, if you were here last week, Gary Lidholm talked about Joshua and, and Joshua 1, about how his courage and how he had courage and, and great faith. And, and I wanted to kind of just continue on a little bit in Joshua's journey. So Joshua chapter 6, if you open your Bibles, and we're going to look at a verse there, uh, one verse, Joshua 6.2. Um, I think it's a pivotal verse for our journey. Says, so the leadership, even though we're going through this series and we've been talking about um, you know, essential things, and, and it kind of makes it great because, as Ryan mentioned earlier, you know, we don't have a lead pastor right now. Um, and so each guy who comes up and rotates in and speaks kind of has this, you know, in the series it kind of fits, right? You can kind of pick this verse. But for the last, I don't know, a few Sundays and moving forward, we, we kind of wanted to hone in on this idea of moving forward. You know, how do we move forward on our, on our spiritual journey? You know, we believe, I'm sure you've heard it, we believe every person's on a journey, every person's on a spiritual journey. And we want to be accessible to you, help you make that next step. We say that, and we genuinely mean that. And uh, so this morning, I was kind of praying about, not this morning, but this last week, and, and uh, well, this morning as well, I was praying, um, praying about what, what should I share. I want to look for that one verse. We're talking about your spiritual journey. How do you know? Because I think there's times in life where you just kind of get bogged down. Does anyone identify with that? Where you're just kind of like, um, you know, I'm not so sure God's speaking. You don't have to raise your hand. But there's moments where, uh, you know, some of you are going, oh, yeah, me, don't look at me, no eye contact. Well, we just, we're on this journey, right? And there's moments where we go through difficulties and we just, we have an option at that moment in that difficulty to walk away with one of two things, I think, right? It's either God's got a purpose in this, you know, I'm going to stay strong or there's, there's doubt that creeps in, right? So we kind of, we kind of struggle with that. If we're honest with ourselves, I think there's elements where we struggle with that. And I wanted to look at this example from, from Joshua. What is, what are some principles that God kind of shares with Joshua that, that, that we can glean from, that we can take and apply to our own lives and advances when we get, we get kind of stuck. You know, there, I think there's times when, you know, when we hit like a, a difficult moment or a situation and, and maybe doubt begins to creep in, we kind of, I, I think the pattern kind of follows that, you know, we kind of move from this element of, of, of great faith, right? In those moments when everything's going good and you've got great faith, God is awesome, God is good, hallelujah, right? We're there. Worship is awesome. It was the best worship because everything's easy. When we go through those valleys, it becomes kind of difficult. Right? And then we kind of we move from this bulwark of faith into this kind of like realm of kind of quasi-faith and somewhat doubt. And, and we kind of just kind of meander there. And we begin to wonder and think, is God speaking? Right? At some point we kind of go, is God speaking? Is he speaking to me? Is he saying anything? Or am I not hearing it? Is he absent? Why is he doing this to me? Why, am I, why do I have to walk through this? I think there's elements in our journey, hopefully you can identify with that, because I believe there's, there's, that's this life, right? We have those moments. Um, and it's very important um, 
always, but especially in those times where we lean upon, we have to have some type of understanding about who God is, right? His ability, his power, his might, his love, his grace, his desire to, to lavish you upon you, right? That grace and that mercy. And in Joshua's, you know, this moment, we're going to look at, at this, this story, and probably for many of you, the story is familiar to you, but um, Joshua kind of, he has this moment, and, and, and he's the new leader of the children of Israel, and he's going to take them. He takes them across the Jordan where we pick this story up, and, and they walk across the Jordan on dry land because the priests take care of the Ark of the Covenant, and the waters divide, and, and he's been with Moses, and he's got this track record. And if you're here last week, you know, we know the courage. Uh, God is with Joshua. But here he comes up to this moment where, where he's really faced with his first big like a military task, right? He's the leader. Everyone, all eyes on him. And I think there's this moment, end of chapter 5, he comes up to this person, he sees this guy standing there, and he goes, are you friend or foe? Right? He asks the question, this is end of chapter 5, and the, and the man says, I am neither, right? I am the angel of the Lord's armies. And immediately Joshua falls on his knees, and he says, what does the Lord command of his servant? Right? So there's something in Joshua, whether from Gary's message last week and going forward, we see this great faith. I mean, if if you're familiar with some of the old Bible passages, you know, Moses had sent 12 spies into Canaan to check it out. Joshua was one of those 12, right? Spies, go check out the land. We're going to go take this land. God says, we're going this way. Go check it out. So the spies, all 12 of them come back. Two of of the 12 have really the faith statement, right? Joshua and Caleb, they're like, we're going to take this land. It's good. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's good stuff. We're going. And the other ten spies kind of rally the people and go, there's no way. There's just no way. The guys are giants. They're going to crush us. We're like grasshoppers to them. Right? That's back in Numbers 13. And so these ten rally the troops, and they have to spend a whole lot more time out in the desert, and all this stuff kind of goes on. So Joshua's demonstrated great faith. But here in this moment, the passage we're going to talk, he has an understanding of who God is. Right? I am his servant. He's the creator. I'm the created. I'm going to trust you in this moment. I'm facing with this obstacle. I'm the leader of the children of Israel. Here's what we got to do. This is what I got to do. All right, it's in front of me. And I think that's a vital, you know, as an introduction to this message and, and talking about our spiritual journey, the things that we have to endure, the things that we have to go through. It's important that you lean upon your theology, right? The understanding of God. You've got to know something about who he is. That if he created this world and we say it and we sing about it, right, then, man, he's created me. And this problem I'm facing isn't too big for him, right? So here's this moment. So the, the verse we're going to look at, I, I, you know, to kind of summarize this, I came across this illustration in, in uh, um, I had found about a man who was uh, back in the days before the telephone was invented. He wanted, a, he needed a job, and, and uh, he wanted to be a telegraph. You know, he knew Morse code, and he really needed this job, and so he, he saw this, this job opening and, and wanted to apply for it, so he, he cleaned himself up, and he went to the, the place of business, and he, and he went in there, and he realized that he was a little bit late, the long line of guys in front of him. So he's like, oh, man, this isn't good. He goes and sits down behind all these guys waiting for an interview, and, and he looks in there. He's sitting in the, in the place of business, and he sees the telegraph machine, and it's clicking away. He's like, at the end of this day, someone's going to be sitting there, and I really need this job. So he sits there for a few minutes, and then the man, he gets up, and he walks right into the manager's office. And all these other guys sitting out there waiting in line, waiting for an interview, are going, what? What is going on? What is he doing? We've been here. He, was, he came late, right? They're starting to get upset. They realize after a few moments, a couple of minutes, maybe five minutes rolls by, 
the manager and, the, and this man walk out, and the manager goes and tells everyone else, thank you so much for coming. We don't need you. The job's been filled by this gentleman. And so these guys are a little upset. They're like, ho, 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 wait a minute. Right? Hey, hey, we, were, we didn't even get a chance of an interview. What's going on with this? In which the manager replied to him. The telegraph machine was clicking away in Morse code, and it said, if you can understand this, please come into my office. The job is yours. None of you out here understood what it was saying. The job is this man's. He understood what it said. You know, a lot of times in life, I think it's like, I think God is speaking, but we come to these moments where we go, oh, God isn't, isn't speaking. God isn't, isn't revealing, or God isn't showing his presence, or whatever it might be. And I think sometimes the fault isn't on God's side, right? Sometimes God's quiet, you're right. Sometimes we're not listening. So here's this passage, talking about our spiritual journey. This is Joshua chapter 6. I'm going to read verse 1 and 2, and it says in verse 1, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And this is our verse, and I encourage you, we've kind of set that challenge to memorizing verses because I think this is one of those paradigm verses. And God says to Joshua, or the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this time this morning that we can just center ourselves around your word, be challenged by your word. And, my, and that's my prayer for each of us, that we'd be challenged by your word to press on and to seek you out in those moments of difficulty in our lives that, that you would reveal, God, reveal your love, reveal your grace, and show us and teach us and lead us. And uh, God, we just, we just thank you so much because... You are the awesome God, and you are speaking to us through your word. You've given us your word, and you have said, Lord, everything that we need to hear. And I just pray that you would give us ears, in fact, to to not only hear, but to apply your your truth to our lives. We thank you for it. I pray this in the wonderful and awesome name of Jesus. Amen. Sorry about that. So here we have Joshua, right? Here's his verse. And I call this like this pivotal paradigm moment because even though he is facing a physical Jericho, right, he's dealing with this wall. God comes to him and says, do you see, right? I've given you Jericho. Granted, right? I'm not Joshua. I didn't go through all his experiences. I didn't walk with Moses and get somewhat mentored and see all these things and walk across the Jordan. But I just kind of think there's an element where you have to go, I hear you, Lord, right? I, I know there, you know, I know, yes. But there's these walls. Does anyone just identify with that where God is asking you to see something that maybe you're not seeing? Right? This is that faith statement. Right? The Hebrew writer picked it up, 12.1. My faith, you know, they walked around the walls of Jericho. This is what they did. This is a faith statement where Jericho is looking at the physical walls of Jericho going, "Uh, I don't see the walls coming. I'm not sure how we're going to do this. Right? He's somewhat of a military man. He He realizes what he has. He's got some infantry, kind of poorly armed, doesn't have any, you know, catapults or trebuchets or or, uh, chariots and horses. He doesn't have any of that, right? And he's kind of going, all right, Um, all right. But part of that, the reason I read verse 1 is is where God says, now Jericho, excuse me, I forgot to say this, is now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. So a little backdrop to hear what's going on. Why why Joshua has so much, I think, courage and faith here is, is that he already knows these guys are quaking in their boots, right? So he sent a couple of spies into cross the Jordan. He sent a couple of spies into Jericho. He's like, hey, go check this out. 
go see what's going on, see what they got, see what we're up against, you know, assess their militaries. So you've got to figure this thing out, right? Strategic. Sends these two spies, and the Jericho people find out that, the, that there's a couple of spies in their midst, right? Israeli children in the midst, right? Sound the alarm. So they go seeking after them, and then they end up hiding in the house of a woman named Rahab. She was a harlot. Interesting little fact about Rahab, she becomes part of Jesus' ancestry. So you can check that out in Matthew 1, 5 later. But Rahab hides them, right? And she makes this deal with these two spies. And she says, I'll hide you or I'll keep you from. But she goes, we already know. The God, you know, the Lord God, he's with you. He's not with us. All our, our mighty men, they're quaking in their boots or sandals, right? We'll just go, but die quaking in their boots. That's what's happening, right? She goes, they already know, right? They've, they've heard of you. They know you're coming. They know you're going to take this place. Would you spare me and my family? And the two spies say, okay, right? If, if uh, you're hanging this red sash in a window, we'll, we'll be sure because we're coming. I think there's immense courage there. We're coming. We're going to take this place. But it's not, you know, the, your family, you've got to get them in this house because if they're in the house, we'll, we'll spare whoever's in the house. But if they're not in the house, their blood's not in our hands. So she goes, okay, deal. Right? And they send off. Well, well, these two spies are reported back to Joshua. So he has courage. That moment where he says, look, they've, they've closed the walls. Jericho is, is banking on their walls. Right? And they, I guess it was said the, the outer wall was like six feet thick. And the inner wall, there's two walls. The inner wall was like 12 feet thick. Right? So here, here it comes. And, and God says, do you see? The harvest has taken place. The, the people of Jericho, man, they've got a year, year and a half. If we're going to wait these people out, we're looking a year, year and a half just to come down. And here God says, look. I've given it to you. I've given you the king, right, and all the mighty men of valor. And what does Joshua do? Nothing is recorded where he kind of goes, oh, okay, right? But he's faced with this wall. And God, I think, out of the gate tells us, he's telling you, you and I, man, you've got to look at these situations differently. You have to allow that, that understanding of God's ability, his power, and his might to, to just kind of influence you as you look at this. God's got a plan. It may not make sense to me or you, right? He has a purpose. So on your, on your outline, the first thing I put there is, you know, on this spiritual journey, we have walls. We engage walls. Now, for Joshua, it's a physical sense. For us, this is kind of a metaphorical thing. You know, what would walls look like for us? And our spiritual places and things that, that just kind of stop you from opening your Bible. They stop you from praying. You know what? I've prayed about this. I'm not going to pray about it anymore. You know, as a pastor, I've been a part of a lot of funerals, and that's typically a time when people think about eternal things. There's another thing they think about. Why did God allow this to happen? Funerals can be one of those times, and I'm not going to make light of that. It's difficult. We've walked through that. Those are hard, but those can become elements where, you know what, I just can't pray anymore. I'm really hurt. I can't see past this pain. Right? Maybe God is challenging you on a, to step out into a new ministry. And you're like, I don't feel equipped for that. Clearly God isn't speaking, right? That's kind of our answer. No, God, you're not saying that. No, right? Maybe he's setting that challenge before you, but you know it's kind of nagging at you. I got I to do this. Oh, I don't want to do this. Pretty soon you don't want to pray about it anymore because you already know the answer. I don't want to hear that answer again. I'm not going to pray, right? Some of you are smiling. All right, you're tracking with this. But there's different things that will keep us, right, in our journey where we just begin to just doubt we move from this element of faith we start creeping into doubt and we start going you know what maybe he's he's not or <clears throat> he should have called someone else he didn't, you know he messed his way he should call me but we have all these elements and they stop us they stop us from pursuing him you know i was in california as a pastor on staff at a church out there and 
I had a lady who man, loved the Lord, served the Lord all her life. But she just couldn't, she had this wall. And she's like the grandma type age, and, and she's in my office, and tears rolling down her face, and she's telling, she says these words to me. Tyson, there's no hope for me. There's just no hope. A little backdrop to her story. She was married to a man who was immensely uh, difficult. He was abusive in a lot of different ways. I think he even was selling drugs and doing a lot of horrible things. And she had to deal with it, right? And she was trying to do that godly, saintly woman thing. I'm going to stick with this. I'm married to this man. I'm following through, right? But there was a lot of damage done to her, done to her children. The man, over through much prayer, right, comes to the Lord. Had a radical transformation. Praise Jesus. I mean, like, he starts serving the church. He's, like, everywhere. He's, like, the guy's a greeter. He's got this tremendous, crazy testimony, Right? And a year after this happened, his conversion, I mean, people in the church were like, we love this guy. He's awesome. Right? And she's like, you don't know. She had this bitterness. You don't know the whole backstory of this guy. Well, one day he's out mowing his lawn. He has a heart attack and he dies. He's in heaven, right? Praise God. We'll see him. And she's left here going, I've got to deal with all this baggage. I'm hurt and I'm wounded. She'd been coming to church. She'd been worshiping and singing these songs. Songs like love, you know, it ran red, love, yes, I love him. But she had tears rolling down her face and was convinced there's no hope for me. Tyson, there's no hope for me. God just does not love me. And judge me or not, first thing that ran through my head, I'll be completely honest with you. First words that ran through my head, my tears. And I just thought, shame on your pastors. I might even said that to her. It's possible. Sounds like something I would do. Right? Shame on your pastors. We have not communicated the gospel of Jesus Christ to you clearly where you could get through this and we have completely failed you. Because think about what she's doing. She's holding on to this bitterness. There was a wall. She was still coming to church and checking the boxes. Everyone thought, yeah, she's good. She's doing great. She's doing fine. No, she wasn't. She was a wreck. She couldn't get past this element. And her spiritual life had stopped like a long time ago. And here she was in my office and her going, wow, how did you get here? So I begin to, to, to explain things, right? You've got to explain the gospel to her. But unfortunately, some of us, maybe this morning, identify with that. You get to this point where you kind of go, I've hit this wall, and I'm beginning to think there's no hope. There's no hope for me. God doesn't know my name. God doesn't know what I'm walking through. God doesn't care. And that's exactly where the enemy loved to have you stay. Because think about it. Jesus took 12 ordinary fishermen and changed the world. What do you think he would do just through this group of people if we just got sold out and convinced he's a mighty God? He can do mighty things. But we're on this journey. We have highs and we have lows. We're in these moments. We hit them. It's what we do with them. And it's okay to grieve. It's okay to be in this place. It's okay to have moments of doubt. I think we see that in some of the, the biblical other where we just kind of go, God, what are you doing? It's okay to question. But we can't stay there. We have to move forward, and that's the whole point. So we jump back into Joshua, right? Here he is. Joshua's got the, this thing. He's got this wall in front of him. God has said, do you see it? I've given it all to you. Right? So Joshua's got, okay, all right. So it leads to this next thing where God's going to go, because I think Joshua at some point goes, how, how, how are we going to do this, God? Right? I know you can. How are we going to do it? So God shows the way. If you're familiar with the story, here's what God tells Joshua. He says, you know what? I want you to get uh, seven priests and grab the Ark of the Covenant. Seven other priests are going to blow these horns. You're going to march around Jericho. Six days in a row. You're just going to get up and march around. Jericho is about seven to, to nine acres big-ish somewhere. So it's about a half mile they believe that they had to march. 
I want you to do that for six days. This is God's way, right? That's your filling. God provides a way. He, they walk around. On the seventh day, they're going to go around seven times. So the seventh day, they've got to do you know, three and a half miles. And on the very end, they're, they're going to blow this trumpet, or the, the ram's horn, excuse me. And when they do one big loud, they're going to shout. The walls are going to come down. Right? So we want to, we want to glean from this some implications. How can we use this in our own spiritual journey? I think the first thing that Joshua demonstrates is, is trust. Write that word in. Nothing is recorded here where he goes, you know what, this is so crazy. Right? Because think about it. He's got to turn around and go communicate this. <laughs> this is what, right or wrong. Right? I just have this picture of the coach. Doing played sports, we had that coach who was so animated. Here's what we're going to do. Right? Everyone get in here. I just kind of think Joshua had to symbol him. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what God said. Right? You see, remember that movie Miracle about the 1984 hockey team? Everyone's ever seen that movie? There's this great scene where, where uh, I don't forget the actor's name, but he's given this, this thing, and he's, he's saying, you know, we may play these guys, USSR at the time, and we may play them nine out, they may beat us nine out ten times, but not this time, right? It's kind of that moment. You're just like, yeah. So Joshua's got to go sell this. Maybe that's not the right word. He's got to go tell them, right? He doesn't have to sell them. Here's what we're doing. But he's got to assemble these people. So there's an element of trust. Okay, God says we're going we're gonna to get up. Guys, here's what we're doing. We're going to get up in the morning, get priests, grab the ark, and blow these horns. We're going to walk around this thing, right? We're going to come back and make camp. We're going to do that for six days in a row. The seventh day, we're going around it seven times, right? And the seventh time, there's going to be one loud blow of the horn. That moment, you can shout. You know what's interesting is Joshua, in verse 10, he tells the people, and Joshua commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout, then you shall shout. Why is it important that Joshua tell these people, when we walk around this thing, nobody says a word? Why is that? Why is that recorded there for us? Why was that important for Joshua to tell all these people, you don't say a word? Interesting, isn't it? Here it is. No, you know, it's almost like he's saying politely, everyone shut your gabbers, right? Isn't that how doubt creeps in? Think about the people who have influence in your life. God didn't really tell you to do that. Think about it. Can you imagine a bunch of people going, this is the craziest thing. I like Joshua. He's a good guy, but this is a little out there. They're blowing the horns. Is this? You imagine some guys walking together and stirring it on. Pretty soon you've got all these people. Joshua knows something about people, right? Especially the Israelites. They are some stiff-necked individuals. They kind of lost their way. Here I think they're demonstrating great courage. They're obedient. Nothing's recorded that they're like, no, this is crazy. This is crazy. Okay, here we go. And we're marching. We're marching. Nothing's recorded, but it's a great point, isn't it? I mean, who, who are the people that, that, that can speak into your life that can cause doubt? You move in those moments. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to do this. He's, I believe his word wants, I'm going to do this. Oh, you're a little crazy. And Joshua knew something, right? So this first element is, is trust. He takes the command. He goes and tells the people, here's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. God's provided a way. Here's what we're going to do. The other word you want to fill in there is he's obedient. Obedience. There's no hesitation. He's going to go take this. We're going to apply it. Here's what we're doing. Rallies the troops, however that looks like. He takes this. We're moving forward. In our spiritual journey, bring it over to us. 
There's some elements in our lives. We have to trust them. That's built out of some type of relationship and knowledge of who God is. If God is all creator, if we say that and we sing these songs, Lord, here's my heart, right? Speak what is true. Sometimes he says things out of his word. I'm like, I don't want to hear that, but we just sang it. Yeah, we need to hear those things. We need to be challenged by them, right? Words like repent, that's, yeah, it's a rough word, but we need that. We turn from our sin and follow after God because he's got a plan. He's got a plan for us. He provides a way. Right, so back to my story. I'm in my office with this lady, tears pouring down. I'm like, there's that moment of like, I don't know, should I hug? I don't know what's going on, right? This is like, what is happening? Just crying. So what do I do? Pretty sure I probably said shame on your pastors, which I was. You know, I was one of them. I began to explain to her what Jesus did on the cross. Come walk with me, right? We're going to go walk to this cross. I want you to look. I want you to see the love and forgiveness God has for you. You know that burden you're carrying? He desires that you would lay it down. You need to look at the cross and see the, the ability of God. The power of God. We overcame this world that he created. We just started walking through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because on our journey, that's what we begin to doubt, God's love for me. And when we doubt it, we have to go back and look at the cross. It's God's provision for me. I've said this. I've said this many times. There must be something very special about you. That he would pay this price at the hands of his own creation. And a horrific death, the death of an asphyxiation. I said that word right. right? He just didn't bleed out. He suffocated. Horrible death. We have to be amazed by that because he did that for you and I. We cross that line of faith. That's who he is. That's who we serve. That's who we follow. And I don't want to make light of her difficulty and her pain by no means. But it was a journey, right? Journey forward. This bitterness, you're not going to, he's not, he's dead. You're not going to get that I'm sorry from him, right? We're going to have to deal with it. It's talking to this lady. We're gonna, this is where we're at. But God loves you. God paid a dear price for you. Our God is an awesome God. He's able to move in this. He's able to open your eyes to his truth once again. We have to hear those things. God has provided a way. In your wall and in your journey, God has provided a way. He is not the God who checks out and says, you know what, you're on your own. No, he walks with us. And it's those moments. Isn't it true to that? If you're familiar with that story of, uh, I think it's a poem, of the footprints in the sand. You guys ever heard that? Right, those moments with two, two sets of footprints. We look back on it, and there's only one set, and we're like, what is up here, God? Holy cow. That was that one really hard, difficult time. Where were you? And he said, man, that's where I was carrying you. Right? We just kind of miss those moments. God is with us. He may not be giving you the answer you want to hear, but he's speaking. He provides a way. Provides a way. And the last point here is he provides the win, right? For his glory. God gives the win. So you jump back into Joshua. Here he is. He's rallied the troops. What do they do? They walk around. They're silent. They don't say a word. Last day, they, they shout, right? The horns go on the seven days, and boom, they rally up. And the horns go off, and everyone shouts. And it says the walls, that the, all, everyone went into their own ways. It's like the outer wall, what the kind of archaeologists believe, is that the outer wall actually caved in. It's almost like God just pushed the outer walls in, and all the Israelites went up the outer wall, up over the second wall, and they went right into Jericho. 
bam, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> there it is. Seven days of obedience. Here's what God does. He does it for his glory. Why does God do it this way? Why does he, I mean, you think somebody, when Joshua is communicating, here's what we're going to do, guys. You think someone could be like, Joshua, I got a question. Why don't we just shout now and just be done with it? Right? Why is it that God makes him go through all these things? Because it seems kind of odd. There's a time frame here, right? It takes time, a week. But why does he go through it? Can you, can you imagine? Right? He does it for his glory. He does it so when you get on the other side of this thing, no one goes, you know what, we're awesome. We did that. Can you imagine one of those, the children of Israel? Imagine one of them kind of bragging on this. Well, how would you guys take Jericho? Dude, you don't even want to know, right? We had to get up. We had to march around the thing for six days, man. We marched once and came back and, and just hung out, right? And then you don't even want to know about the seventh day. We had to go around seven times, man, seven times, three and a half miles, right? Doesn't that sound kind of stupid, right? You're like, What? There's not one guy going, you know, this is what we did. God did it this way. So again, the other side of it, this is what God did. This is how God moved. Why is that important for us? Jump into our journey. Why is it important when we trust God, we realize he's provided a way and we lean upon it? Because other walls are coming. When you come to that next wall, what happens? Right? We get through the one wall, you look back and go, God did this. So when the next wall comes, you go, you know what? God will bring me through that too. They build upon themselves. And Joshua, man, he's awesome, right? He's like, this is like, burn Jericho to the ground. They were, they were ruthless. They just wiped it out. Burn this thing to the ground. He says, curses anyone who rebuilds Jericho. We're done with it. This is a sign. We're taking the land. We're taking it by force almost, right? Here's what we're doing. Burn it down. Don't take anything. Archaeologists have found that, that you know, when Jericho was taken, they had just taken the harvest. They had all their food in, in containers and grains and stuff. And they have found grains left in containers. They didn't take it. True to the Bible. Right, which is crazy because back then, if you took a village like that, you would use you would take their food, use it for yourself, or use it as bartering, right? Commodity of some sort. Joshua does none of it. Burn it. We don't want any of it. God did this. God will do it again. Boom. We don't want none of this stuff. They burn it to the ground. Curses anyone who rebuilds this as a sign. This is what God has done. For some of you this morning, you're dealing with some walls and you're going through some struggles, and maybe it's time you just kind of get up and start walking around. I'm gonna go walk around this thing. I'm gonna start praying about it. I'm not going to pray about this. That's not uncommon for people to go, you know what? There's something God's going to do, so I've got to go walk and pray. Maybe it's time to start getting active in that. Start going, you know what? I'm not going to do I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust. I'm going to wear my knees out trusting God. I'm going to keep praying. God's got a plan. He's got a purpose. I'm not an accident. I've stared too much and looked at the cross way too much for me to walk away and go, you know what? He doesn't love me or he doesn't care about me. You've got to have some type of conviction. I think there's great courage in that. You've got to realize, man, we're in a battle, spiritual battle. We don't fight against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers, man. We've got to engage them. God wants you to move forward. He wants you to move forward. And it's amazing. I think this is true. I came across this kind of this illustration of, of a man by the name of Jim Donovan. And uh, he was a motivational speaker. And he was at the circus one day, and he went backstage. And he noticed that these Big, strong animals, these elephants, were tied to a little small rope and to a stake in the ground. And that's all that they had to keep them in place. And he just sat there for a while and marveled at it. Like, wow, this is really crazy. And finally he found one of the trainers and he goes, Why, how is it that these strong animals, right, who can just snap out of this and take off, how is it they don't, they don't do that? They just stand here. 
And the trainer replies and says, well, since they were young, we did the same thing to them where they couldn't. They learned over time. They think today they can't. That's part of like our journey. We come to these walls, and we think God hasn't spoken. He's not speaking. We begin to quit. Someone else will pray. Someone else will do it. I'm not that important. When all along, you're like this strong hammer, full of the Spirit of God. And the opposite is also true, right? When we have those victories, that's right. We move forward. So moving further, these, these principles, even though Joshua is facing a physical wall, and there's elements of trust and obedience, there's elements of like, he is God. He'll provide a way. I don't care how crazy it is, I'm trusting him. And God does these things, and he does them in a certain way. It takes time, right? Because he wants you to know he did it. He did it. What does that do for your spiritual journey? Man, God did this. God cares about me. Let me pray for us this morning.